Hey, it's Ben, and welcome to the Upgraded Executive Podcast, where my good friend Nick and I discuss the tools, techniques, and strategies that you can use to upgrade your own personal and professional performance. We have recorded the first 10 shows, and we will be releasing these over the coming weeks, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. In this episode, Nick and I are discussing energy. Firstly, what are the causes and problems associated with low energy? And secondly, strategies and tools to consistently maintain high energy levels throughout the day. Hey Ben, how you doing? Yeah, great. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. So today we're talking about energy. We are. Yeah, and it's a, it's a subject that I wrote a lot about in my book, Limitless. And it's, um, it, it's actually, for me, one of the key fundamentals around the things that we're talking about. And I know that the first two podcasts in the series were around sleep and stress and i think the triangle of sleep stress and energy is critical because as we've spoken about previously they all impact each other yes and we were saying offline these three things are like a tripod that if you remove one of them then the whole thing can fall over so it's really important to get to nail these these three aspects Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely do you want to kick off then with the intro to the problem as we see it, Nick? Yeah, so I think the problem from an energy point of view is, is that people don't know they have an issue mm. until something becomes chronic. And by that, I mean they've got low energy and therefore they get grumpy. They've got low energy and they can't focus and they're not performing in work. But they've got low energy and then stress kicks in. They've got low energy and they're not sleeping very well. So the way that people generally feel now becomes their new norm. Mm. They just feel this is this is normal. I feel feel okay, you know, yeah. because I've got loads of energy. But it's not until you can show people that there's a ceiling there and they can go through that ceiling and that their norm is their baseline and yeah. take it to another level. They don't they don't really get it until you can take them to that next level yeah so i think for me one of the biggest challenges i have with clients is that they just don't know until you can take them to that different different place until they maybe get that call to action where they something fundamental is happening in their life which means that they feel they've got to address their energy levels yeah yeah i agree again from working with other people in my own experience this I say it creeps up on me. Um, there's factors in life in terms of being busy with, with work, maybe having a commute or having kids, and, and it kind of compounds. And it's certainly crept up on me before where I've had cycles of feeling energetic mm. and feeling on it, feeling focused. But there's other times that it's a real effort to get out of bed and I'm cranky and I'm, I'm tired and I'm, I'm feeling like that. For days or weeks or months and then that just that just became the norm <clears throat> and I didn't appreciate that again there were strategies to alleviate that feeling and to really en- elevate my energy levels but to me that was my normal yeah and that's not really normal yeah I agree and I think that one of the things I find with clients a lot is I ask them how are their energy levels towards the end of the working day 
Yeah. Particularly towards the end of the working week. So one of the things I see with my clients, Ben, is that they they have a really demanding week. Yeah. They work really, really hard during during the week. They get to a Friday. They're crawling through a Friday. You know, they probably get to a Friday evening. They probably drink a little bit too much to try and de-stress. They then spend the whole weekend recharging. Yep. And they're not really present with their family. Because yep. they're depleting their energy levels for the whole week in work. They're using the weekend to try and recharge before they go into another demanding week following yep. And they just feel less normal. Yeah. Because they see everybody around them doing a similar thing. Yeah. In your experience, Ben, what would you say are the, the key indicators that people can look for, which may indicate to them that their energy levels are not optimal? It's a good question. Um, so for me and people that I've worked with, um, lacking, lacking concentration and focus, even on some basic tasks that an earlier version of myself would have absolutely nailed smashed out it would have been easy and I, I noticed that again I think this this was compounding and creeping up on me but just really struggling just to do what I would have found easy previously and been laser focused you know focused on number one complete number two with with my my brain is all over the place and I'm, I'm just I'm just struggling to just complete tasks um, as well as having a real draw to have to have a, a power nap at any mm. point in the afternoon um, so post lunch, and this is probably diet related as well, but having that, having that crash, so mm. having a, a spike of energy coupled with a real low in terms of, I need to get some sleep. Mm. Um, that's again, not, not a conducive way to be during the day because the knock on impact of maybe having some sleep is not being able to get to sleep at a reasonable hour in the evening and being wired. Mm. That's where it's a perpetual downward cycle with a poor night's sleep which then knocks on into the following day yeah i agree the other things i've i've noticed ben is people who are using willpower to get things done yes usually have some kind of energy issue going on i think it leads into your point around procrastination and focus i also think it's that you know we mentioned this briefly earlier but if you're getting cranky with people yeah, moody and snappy. Yeah. That's definitely pointing towards something around your energy levels are not optimal. Plus, I think if you if you generally feel like you're having to reach for caffeine, yes, or you're having to reach for sugar, yes, then there's there's also something there around your energy levels. And I think that people can people can use these indicators to start thinking now. Am I really performing optimally? And if you struggle to identify these, these, these things, then they can just take some time to think about how do I feel at three or four o'clock in the afternoon? Am I as energized as I was in the morning? Yes. And am I, am I ending the week as strong as I start the week? And I think that I mean, those are really important points. Again, from own experience, it's, it's using... Well, it's, it's not making the best choices and tiredness is a facilitator to that and using yeah, caffeine or, or bad food choices as an excuse because I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And again, this is, this is a self-fulfilling 
um, perpetual downward spiral in terms of our, our tripod of stress, energy and sleep. Mm. So that's why I've noticed it. And not making the best informed decisions because I'm tired. Mm. Yeah, well, I think, I think that's a really, it's a really good point because I think when you're low on energy and you're tired and you're stressed, you're not going to make good decisions. You're not going to make good decisions in work, in your business. You're not going to make good decisions on how you spend time with your family. And you're not going to make good decisions around your own personal health and performance. No. These, 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 these small bad habits start creeping in because your energy is low and you haven't slept well and you're stressed. Is it worthwhile maybe just taking a couple of minutes to talk about energy and where it comes from and also how we make energy and how it's intrinsic to not only our performance but also our longevity yeah do you want um do you want to expand on mitochondria is mitochondria yeah of course so if you picture our bodies we have 37 trillion cells in our bodies which is just can't even fathom that and then basically in more in most of our cells in our bodies i think apart from our red blood cells mm. there's something called mitochondria in each and every cell and in each and every cell there's something like between 1000 and 2000 mitochondria yeah so we've got what's that 76 quadrillion mitochondria in our bodies and what mitochondria are they look like they have some of the same characteristics as bacteria so they aren't exactly the same as bacteria but they're very similar so the same shape um, they have their own dna um, they're about the same size and evolutionary science believes that there is a symbiotic relationship between cells and mitochondria and that was the formation of life Okay, so mitochondria exist in all animals, they exist in plants too. Now, the thing with mitochondria is they're responsible for 85% of all of the energy production in our bodies. So if you can imagine, if you are giving the mitochondria everything they need to produce energy and yeah. you're protecting them from the things that take energy away, you're going to start to feel your energy levels surge through the roof. Okay. And the critical thing with mitochondria is, is, is that they not only generate the energy in your body, but they're also responsible for signaling to the cells when to live and when to die. So am I right in saying that if we look after mitochondria, yeah. that can potentially increase our lifespan? Yeah, there's a, there's a huge amount of research now being done around mitochondria and in particular anti-aging so something that we don't talk a huge amount on this podcast ben is sort of longevity and anti-aging yes but it's, it's it's very much linked because if you're looking after your performance and your energy now yes it's going to lead to sort of longer term health benefits too yes and yeah absolutely then there last time i looked there were on on pubmeds.com there were over 204,000 studies on mitochondria. That's just staggering. So yeah, it is, a, it, is, it is definitely one of those areas now that is coming much more in the spotlight. And you know, I've seen, you know, if people think 
what is mitochondria stuff? And what, yes. what are Nick and Ben even talking about? Just go, just go <laughs> online and type in mitochondria. You start to see it popping up in the main in, in the mainstream press now. This is a thing, and it's actually real. The the only thing that I would I would add to this, I have a real interest in epigenetics, which is how the environment influences cell behaviour. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to when I've had my own mental challenges in terms mm-hmm. of depression and anxiety. And it's my belief, and this is based on a lot of the work by Dr. Bruce Lipton around epigenetics and the studying of DNA and genes, mm-hmm. that if a person can make themselves ill through thought alone, they can equally make themselves better. And I think for, for me, in terms of having an intention to have lots of energy during a day and to have focus really makes a difference mm-hmm. and uh, so that that would be my point to add in, in terms of this that if if previously i've gone in thinking i'm feeling really sluggish i'm really lacking energy that's probably what what my day is going to be like um mm-hmm. nowadays again because i'm fascinated in terms of how the subconscious as well as the com- conscious mind works and mm. in terms of programming that that makes that's made a massive difference to me and also some of the people that i've worked with as well just in terms of reframing a negative thought into a, into a positive thought with, mm-hmm. with increasing what they're doing in terms of energy levels yeah i think um i think epigenetics is a fascinating field and i think that just because you have a genetic disposition it doesn't mean that 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 disposition is going to manifest itself unless there's some kind of trigger that makes it manifest. So, you know, know, people go out and have their DNA sequence with a company like 23andMe, and then then they they get worried because they might have the Alzheimer's gene. Mm -hmm. But if you control your environment around you, and that includes your mindset. You've got a very good chance that that gene will never express itself. It's not just positive mental thinking and that helping cure things inside you. When you're in a positive frame of mind and you're not being, you know, you're not on that stress treadmill. Yeah. You've got the right hormones going through your body. Your body's in balance. Your body's not acidic. And therefore, your body's got a better chance of healing what's going on, either physically or, or mentally, yeah. because it's not worried about stress and the meeting next week. And you know, your body's not fighting the cortisol and a stress, stress response. It's thinking about, oh, okay, there's, there's something going on physically that I need to address. That is a nice segue, actually, into what people can do in terms of solutions. And I'm sure people are thinking, do you know what, Nick, that's great. Um, I get mitochondria. I get that I need, my body needs to produce more. How do I do that? So should we, should we talk around solutions that people can implement in terms of their daily lives and what they look like? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a great idea, Ben. I think for me, the place where I always start with this is, the really obvious place, and that's around diet. Okay. Mm. And you know, people will experience times where they have something for lunch. Yep. And an hour and a half later, two hours later, they have this crash. Yep. And then they're reaching for some caffeine or some 
some sugar. Now, diet nutrition is like, you know, I always joke about when you have a dinner party, people, people would always say never talk about sex, religion, or politics. Another one is nutrition, because you know, <laughs> people, people fight their corner really aggressively in terms of, you know, this is the right diet. You know, I feel great when I'm doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. And to be honest with you, having a view that, that there's one diet that suits everybody is just bullshit. You know, it's, yeah. it is, you, know, you have to, in my view, eat what makes you feel great. Yes. And by really starting to notice how you feel after you eat, you, you then start to get a really great understanding of here are the foods that give me loads of energy yeah. and here are the foods that take my energy away. I think that for me is probably one of the most fundamental things that people can do. Start to think about how do they start eating a food that takes up any energy levels through the roof and doesn't bring them crashing down. Yeah. I know you, um, you, you talk around this in your book and it's a great insight to share and for people to take away, mm. which is how do I feel after I've eaten something? And I mean, this isn't rocket science. If I have a load of chocolate, how am I going to feel afterwards? I'm probably going to have a slight peak in terms of my energy levels, followed by a crash. Um, and I, I, that was one of the takeaways, actually, from your book that was super helpful. There's loads of insights which are gold. Um, but that really resonated because it's a really easy takeaway to remember just how do I feel after, after I've eaten something? Mm. And again, it's not rocket science. I know if I'm eating something that's not good for me, um, I probably shouldn't be doing it. I shouldn't be doing it in excess and mm. it doesn't feel good. And I think that's, that's now a physical response as well as a mental response. Um, yeah. But I've, um, I've moved on to a plant-based diet yeah. and that's made a huge difference. And we, we spoke about this in one of the other podcasts towards the end. So I, I like blending. Um, Personally, I'm quite lazy when it comes to food preparation. So I'll buy all the ingredients in. Um, and typically these don't have a label on them and they don't have a long shelf life. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're organic um, and they're green. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'll, I'll blend them up and then I've got breakfast, lunch and potentially an afternoon snack already prepared. So it's really easy and convenient for me. And I feel great if I'm having those. Um, so that's, that's what's worked for me. And I've been doing that consistently for maybe three months. And it's also had a knock on effect in terms of losing quite a lot of, of weight that I was carrying, as mm. well as having or increasing my energy levels throughout the day. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there is a, there is a huge, there's a huge movement now around being vegan. Okay. And I think it's great. And as an alternative to the standard British diet you know there's just no comparison i believe you're probably better off being a vegan than you are eating processed junk food yeah um i think that in my experience people along the term tend to benefit more from being on a plant-based diet but having a small to medium amount of very high quality animal protein where the animal hasn't been fed antibiotics it's only ever been fed grass etc yes i find people longer term benefit from that modality better but as i said at the start you've got to do 
what is right for you because what yeah. is for you isn't going to be right for me. And just to give you an example, Ben, it's taken me, so I lost a huge amount of weight really, really quickly on a ketogenic diet. Okay? Yes. And it benefited me massively. And I'm probably eating clean 90, 95% of the time. The big revelation for me in the last six months is that some of the weight gains are creeping on, creeping on, creeping on. Mm. And it's because I'm sensitive to lectins. Now, you probably aren't. One in four people have some kind of sensitivity. And what lectins are, they're the protein in nitrate vegetables that my body just doesn't like. So when I eat potatoes, tomatoes, uh, aubergine, peppers, chilies, I get bloated. Yeah. I get brain fog. Yeah. And in the morning, I'll probably weigh between three and four pounds heavier. So my body then has to spend two or three days getting rid of that inflammation. Yes. Before I'm back to normal. Yes. And since I've been very religious on stripping out, like like literally having nothing that is potato based. Yeah. Um, I found that my my energy levels are more consistently high, yes. and also I'm starting to drop the weight once again. Yes. So that so that is the reason for sharing that is is that that's quite an unusual thing. You know, tomatoes are a superfood. Yes. But not for me. But it might be for lots of other people. So this is this this is where people need to get in tune with their body and understand what's going on. And there's a few ways that they can do that not only just listening to their bodies but if you weigh yourself every morning if you get a spike in weight you can think about what did i eat or drink yesterday yeah maybe making me inflamed if you measure your heart rate uh, your heart rate will spike up to about 16 beats per minute higher within 19 minutes of eating something that you shouldn't have eaten because your body's yeah. going to fight it so those are two very easy things that people can do to identify the foods that may be taking their energy levels down. One, um, one, other, one other point that I think is worth mentioning, I think we both agree with this, is we're not advocating 100%. It's absolutely fine and, and right to have enjoyable meals out with friends and family. And if, if one would like a drink, then not to feel guilty and enjoy, enjoy drinking as well. Um, in moderation doing it i think is when you sort of fall into the habit of say grabbing a chocolate bar because you need the energy level you know you need the surge in energy and it's not intentional i think that's the that's that's the part that i think that people need to think about and focus on and i think we need we need people to live here yeah? you know it's yeah. I think as long as you're doing you know it's the 80 20 rule Yes. So I, I'm a bit more obsessive, isn't the word, but I'm a lot more conscious now around the food that really does hit me hard. Yes. The food that I'm okay with. Yes. So, you know, I will go out and have a, a pizza with a sourdough, gluten, gluten-free base with butternut squash and some things on top and maybe a bit of cheese. Because I know that I'll probably do that once every six weeks and I won't feel great after it, 
I feel okay. And as long as I know I've not got anything that I have to do that requires a lot of energy and deep work, then that's fine. But I'll avoid potato like the plague now because sure. I know that really hits me hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm smiling when you said about reaching for a Mars bar. So some of this goes again into how our subconscious is programmed mm-hmm. and um, habitual bad habits, um, which is I'm tired. And this is, this is what the subconscious could be saying, which is I'm tired, I'm going to reach for that. So you, you're not actively thinking about reaching for a chocolate bar. That's just how the brain's wired. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Some of the people that I work with, it's, it's um, deinstalling some old beliefs and installing some new beliefs mm-hmm. that is okay and fun to have a salad, for example. And that might be their go-to as opposed to a chocolate bar. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I'm smiling because I was like this previously. Before. <laughs> I, I was okay with conscious and subconscious and how it all worked and why I had some of the habits that I did. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they were my go-to habits without even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, should we talk around um, caffeine and uh, the game changer that we think is bulletproof coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we mentioned caffeine at the start. Of the, we mentioned caffeine at the start of the show, and I think that um, you know, caffeine is, along with nicotine, it's the oldest nootropic. Okay. And there's a reason why we like caffeine because it lights our brains up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. So for me, caffeine is a good thing, but in moderation. And bulletproof coffee um, is something that really got me on this journey. I found bulletproof coffee, then I found a bulletproof diet, became a bulletproof coach, um, and then really started going deep into human optimization and performance. Do you want to describe what a bulletproof coffee? Is so, so I am um, on my virtuous chair, dropped coffee about 18 months ago and noticed that I was really sluggish. So mm. I reintroduced it about six months ago. Um, but I, I stumbled over Bulletproof Coffee um, on the internet. Mm. And it's, it's so how I have it is um, so caffeine, some organic butter. Mm-hmm. and coconut oil mm-hmm. as, a, as a mix. I, yep. I know there's other ingredients that, that you use and other people advocate. And it is transformational in terms of my focus and energy levels. It's mm-hmm. literally like somebody's turned me from a three or a four up to a nine or a 10. And mm-hmm. I, I remember the first day that I took it six months ago, I was in the zone for about 11 hours. And I can't remember when I've been like that before. I think I was saying to you, you know, it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I was completely back and mm-hmm. my energy levels weren't fluctuating at all. At all. I just had clarity, focus. And again, I'm thinking from a work perspective because it was, it was during, um, during the day I had my first one early on in the morning and it was easy and it was, it was fun again. So yeah. I haven't looked back in terms of having them. But I know there's, there's other things that you can expand on that, that you use and other people use in terms of them. Yeah, it, which, um, which coconut oil do you use, Ben? Is it just a generic coconut oil or is it a, a specific one? Um, MCT. MCT, is that, the, is that the bulletproof one or is there a different brand? It's a different brand. Yeah, okay, so, so I'll give you the sort of, the, the official definition on a bulletproof coffee, 
Okay, so if you listen to Dave Asprey, you'd say, you know, this, this is the, the perfect bulletproof coffee. And I agree with him that maybe we can talk about some of the other things that you can do around it too. So the, if the official definition of a bulletproof coffee is to have uh, coffee that is uh, toxin-free, toxin that has been tested, that has no mold toxins within the coffee. And I think that's more of an issue in America than it is in Europe generally. But you want, you want to have a good quality coffee and bulletproof sell their own brand of coffee. So you make the coffee, you put into the coffee a tablespoon of grass-fed, grass-finished butter. So in the UK, I use Kerrygold. Okay. You then add a tablespoon of uh, Bulletproof, make a special MCTR called Brain Octane oil. So you put a tablespoon of Brain Octane in, you put that in, in the cup, and then you blend the coffee. Okay. You have to blend the coffee for around about 30 seconds, otherwise it just looks like an oil slick. <laughs> and what it produces is like a, it's like a latte-type coffee um, that is quite smooth. But what I find is, because it's good quality coffee, um, the secret is with the, with the brain octane oil, is that it just lights your brain up. Yep. And you're right, it does turn you from a four to an eight, nine, ten. Yes. And I think it's so powerful that I would say to people, you probably sat there going, butter in coffee with coconut oil, really disgusting. Try it because once you try it, you know, you will find this mental clarity that comes that you never experienced before. And if you find that it's it's a little bit too sickly, maybe just put half the butter in or quarter of, of the butter in. Because the real benefit is in the brain octane oil. Yeah. Because whilst it is a MCT oil. Uh, it's, a, it's a specially refined version of MCT or called caprylic acid. It's often referred to as C8 MCT. Okay. And because of the length of the change of, of the fatty acids in C8, your brain is able to process that a lot, lot faster. And going back to our whole conversation around mitochondria, mitochondria make a lot more energy of fatty acids than they do glucose. That's yeah. exactly what the MCT oil is, what the brain octane oil is. So you've got 10 times more mitochondria in your brain than anywhere else. So that's why when you drink a bulletproof coffee, your brain just lights up. It reminded me, drinking this, of the film Limitless with Bradley Cooper, mm -hmm. where he pops the NZT pill and... <laughs> it allows him to access 100% of his brain. Mm. I don't, I'm definitely not saying it does that, but it reminded me in terms of, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, it's, it's the start of the day to, wow, I am, I am totally on it and I'm gonna have a great day and I had a huge amount of energy and focus. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a no-brainer from my point of view. I would say it's life-changing. It is, and absolutely. It, it's been part of, of the process, but it's, it's, it's a real linchpin in terms of what's going on now with my life. Mm. Should we talk around uh, water consumption? Because that's quite an important part of this as well. Yeah, I think um, so. I think water and oxygen are involved in the mitochondria 
cycle to produce energy. So not having enough water and not having enough oxygen in your bodies is going to really hamper your body's ability to be able to make enough energy regardless of what fuel you bring in your body. Yeah, I also think, so if I'm drinking, um, if I'm drinking water as I should be in terms of my daily intake, I make better food choices. Mm -hmm. And I'm not looking for water to fill me up, but it, it, it does, it certainly when I was, when I was looking at refining what I was eating, it was, it was definitely helping with making better food choices in terms of not being absolutely famished. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think water's naturally going to fill you up. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely going, going to help. I think the recommendations are that we should be drinking between three and four litres every okay. day. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, if you're, if you go into the bathroom too often, then you're drinking too much <laughs> and vice versa. So, you know, again, it's about listening, listening to your body and giving your body what it needs when it actually needs it. Can you just explain for 10 seconds, Nick, the water flask that you've got? Just a very quick overview. Yes, yeah, so this water flask is from a company called Equa. See if it flashes up, yes, it flashes. And what this water flask does is it basically monitors how much water that I'm drinking. So if I'm not drinking enough water, it basically sends me a reminder and the bottle flashes up. Yep. Uh, I'm then able to look at an app on my phone and see how much water I'm drinking on any given day. And it's very effective to get me thinking about, am I really drinking enough water? Particularly when you get yourself in a very, I know, in a, when I put myself in a flow state and I'm in deep creative work, then I can lose hours. And if I'm not yeah. careful, I won't drink enough. Yes. So it's quite an effective reminder prompt. And it's actually quite a big bottle too. Yeah. Um, but I think as, as a rule of thumb, now, if you if you drink a pint of water in the morning and then you know one before lunch, one before dinner, you know you've got you've got two liters inside you without even thinking. Yes. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. And also, from a breathing point of view, you know, start thinking about how much you're breathing through your mouth versus breathing through your nose. Yes. Start trying to get as much oxygen in your body as possible because when you take some time to take some like deep breaths in through your nose, yes, you start to feel more energized, yes, because you're flooding your body with oxygen and therefore your mitochondria can make the energy more efficiently. It's it's worth people having a look at the Wim Hof app. Um, Wim, Wim Hof's an amazing guy, a Dutch guy, and he set loads of world records. He's been up. He didn't summit, but he's been up Everest in his shorts. Yeah. He got frostbite on his toes, so he had to come back down. But longest time in the coldest ice bath. He's um, run a marathon with no training, again in his shorts, in the Arctic and the Sahara. Um, but he's got a free app, which is great in terms of um, stretching, but breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned it in um, the first two podcasts and we're going to mention it again in terms of a warm and a cold shower and some, some kind of um, impact from, from being in the cold. Mm. 
Um, one aids sleep, two reduces stress, and three it increases energy levels as well. It does, yeah, it it does massively, and I think that. Um, you know, I've been I've been criticised online for talking about the power of a cold shower and <laughs> saying, well, give me the science behind it and the peer-reviewed studies, etc. Well, they just don't exist, and just because something doesn't exist from a scientific research point of view doesn't mean that it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I think you know, if you know, with with all these things and everything that we talk about, go out, try it, decide for yourself. If it works, yeah. brilliant. If it works and it's placebo, who cares? Yeah. So, you know, I think cold showers for me really raise my energy levels in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then you start stacking things on top, like a cold shower, bulletproof coffee, the right supplements. You know, you start, you start, you start the day feeling amazing. We both like the line aggregation of marginal gains. Yes. And that's what all of these are. But if you do one, it's sometimes a small win or a larger win. But when you start adding them up, then they really do compound to being a better version of yourself and increasing personal and professional performance. You know, that's, yeah. that's why we're here and why we're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, lo I love it. I'll go back to what you said in the book, you know, how with food. But this translates with all the stuff that we're, we're advocating and we're doing ourselves as well as with our own clients. How does it make one feel after they've done it? Um, you know, if you have a cold shower and you think it's not for you, that's cool. I don't, I don't think that will be the case. So, no. not worth trying. No, I think it's, um, I know many people that dread the thought of starting a cold shower routine. But actually, once they get into it, they get used to it and they feel the benefits. Um, now, I think, you know, I pretty much, I can't remember the last day that I didn't have a cold shower to start the day. And do I enjoy it? No. But do I enjoy the benefits? Yes. So yeah. it's worth it, it's worth the uh, it's worth a one minute pain for the for, for, for me for the benefits I get throughout the whole day. You know, I'm I'm smiling again. I I'm in a I've got um my close um school friends started off we've started off a WhatsApp group about seven eight months ago, mm -hmm. and we're sharing insights and it's great to keep each other motivated. And one of the chaps said that he had a a cold shower from start to finish and I was thinking damn you that means I've got to do that now because I know I just didn't have any hot water but I started doing that two weeks ago mm. <laughs> so that's quite mentally difficult but again it's great upside I'm feeling I'm feeling awesome when I've come out of it it's not particularly a long shower again I'm not standing on a virtuous box going it's for 10 minutes and I'm completely freezing cold it's quite short but it's um yeah. It's lukewarm now to cold as opposed to hot to cold. <laughs> Many of the listeners would have come across Tony Robbins. He's the, you know, the American motivational speaker. Yes. So in each of his houses throughout the world, he has a cold plunge pool. Yes. For this exact reason. He jumps in a cold, in a, in yeah. a cold plunge pool. He jumps, he jumps back out and that's part of him priming his day. Yeah. He's now upgraded to cryotherapy chambers in his homes and they're £80,000 a pop, which isn't really affordable for everybody. But you know, a cold shower is free. You, know, you can do it in the morning. It doesn't cost you anything. Then no. something that is also worthwhile talking about is that, you know, we've all, you know, we may be eating what makes us feel great. We might be having the right level of supplements. We might be having cold showers in the morning and minimizing stress and sleep, but 
we all get the points at some point where we feel flat. Yes. That our energy levels have dipped away for some reason. And it could be anything from maybe we've eaten that salad and there's something in the salad we didn't realize was there that has impacted our energy levels, or there could be something in our environment that is quite toxic, like like mold or smoke or something that hits us or we might be there might be some kind of virus our, our body's fighting something off yeah or it could just be that we're under a significant amount of stress and we don't know in the moment so therefore we go oh, i feel just just don't feel quite right yeah and we've experienced that the listeners will probably experience that quite a lot too so you know what can you do to bring you back to normal when you hit those circumstances and i think for me there's there is there's been one thing that is my go-to thing time and time again that brings my energy levels back up to where they normally are and that's taking a supplement that contains um, two ingredients, one called coenzyme Q10, another one called PQQ. And that's got a much longer name that I can't even pronounce. So I'm just going to call it PQQ. <laughs> what COQ10 does is it helps your mitochondria make energy more efficiently. Yeah. And the PQQ helps your body grow more mitochondria. Okay. So when you take a supplement that has COQ10 and PQQ, what happens is you have this surge of very quiet energy. So it's not like it's not like a sugar rush or a caffeine hit, or you go, wow, you know, I have massive amount of clarity. You just stop yawning. You're just able to focus. You can get things done. You no longer feel fatigued. The words seem to drop from your head to your tongue a lot easier. And uh, so there, are, there aren't many products on the market. Um, the product I use, I actually import from the US that I use myself personally and also my clients. Bulletproof do make a product um, in this area. You know, I don't put any affiliate fees. But you, it's the only one you can buy easily in the UK, and it's called Unfair Advantage. Great name. It's a brilliant name, isn't it? Dave <laughs> um, Asprey is a brilliant marketer. Um, but you know, you know, but it really does, really does help you get that unfair advantage. And what I always recommend to my clients is is to take this supplement when you're a bit of a low end it just brings you back to normal. I know some people take it every day just as part of their standard supplement stack, but given it's relatively expensive, um, actually, compared to a cup of coffee, it's not expensive. Sure. Uh, but I've, I certainly find it's, it's a lot more impactful when I take the supplement when I need it. And I think that this particular supplement probably falls somewhere between a supplement and a nootropic or smart drug, yeah, um, because it, it does give you that mental clarity. I am. Um, what do I do? I do two things. If I'm able to, I'll go out. I'll go outside and go for a walk. Mm. Um, I mean, that's that's brilliant. Just in terms of if I am feeling a bit low or a bit blue 
like that's an instant light switch in terms of let's get the endorphins going and it's really good for getting back into the present and getting some energy um, or I'll go and I'll go and push some weights um, the other thing that I do um, I'm a psyche qualified facilitator I'll, I'll do a balance on my subconscious in terms of as I was saying before an intention or a have loads of energy moving forward so I'll do a balance on myself talking to my subconscious which is an instant instant change as well mm -hmm. brilliant I think one of the things that's really helped me with my energy levels too Ben is is fasting yes so I've been doing intermittent fasting now for two or three years so probably five maybe six days a week I'll have my last meal at eight o'clock at night Yes. I have my next meal at two o'clock the next afternoon. So then I'm, I'm fasting for what's that? I'm fasting for 18 hours a day. Yeah. I'll do probably a 24 hour fast, probably at least once a week. Yes. Um, I do a three day fast once a quarter. And what fasting does for me is it basically takes away the need for food. Okay. So I very rarely get to a point where I'm hungry and I need to eat food to give me energy. Yeah. And it's because when you when you get into the routine of fasting, you become something called fat adapted. And therefore, when your body needs energy, it can take the fat from your body fat. So it, it can take when your body needs energy, it takes the fat from your fat stores, converts that into fatty acids, much like the coconut oil, MCT oil in the bulletproof coffee, that uses those ketones then to then power your mitochondria. So what you find is the more that you get into a fasted state, the more you become fat adapted, the less you need, particular, particularly the less you need sugar and that carby hit. Yeah, I, I've... Um... I don't know if played is the right word, but I've had days and weeks where I've been fasting. And I think um, if people are put off by it initially, you're in a fasted state when you go to sleep and then when you get up. So if, if one wants to copy what Nick's, Nick's doing, it's, it's quite straightforward to skip breakfast to start off with and then move on to dropping lunch. And then you're in quite a long period of a fasted state from when you went to sleep to at some point in the afternoon to, to having to having a meal um, nick do you do you have anything in the water that you're drinking when you're in a fasted state so do you have um anything that's magnesium based for example what i tend to do is um when i'm when i'm if i'm doing a 24-hour fast yeah i don't tend to put anything in the water because i know you know, for me now, 20, 24 hours isn't that long to go no. without food. If I'm doing a three-day fast, I'll add some pink Himalayan salt. Yes. Which helps with salt and electrolytes. Plus, I'll also put a, uh, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in the water too. But that's all I, I tend to put in the water. I don't, when I'm, if I'm, when I'm, when I'm fasting, when I'm doing the intermittent fasting during the week, I will have a bulletproof coffee in the morning. Yes. Oh, you know, some people claim that that breaks your fast. Um, I think that whilst it does break your fast slightly, what 
it doesn't do is it doesn't spike your insulin. Okay, so you're still keeping your insulin low. Yes. But what I will if I'm doing a three-day fast, I won't have anything apart from the water. I won't even have bullet, the bulletproof coffee because I do those three-day fasts for more of a longevity benefit. Yes. Because as we were saying earlier, the cells accumulate junk. Yeah. And when you go into a fasted state, your body is using the junk in cells yeah. for energy and recycling those parts of cells to make other cells. Yeah. It's, it's a process called autophagy. Yeah. And this, and the science is now catching up with ancient religions. Mm. And we now understand why these religions have been fasting for thousands and thousands of years, and it's because of the benefits that come from autophagy. You know, you, you hear a lot around, um, I have quite a few Muslim, Muslim friends, and when they do Ramadan, they talk about you're cleansing your body. Yes. And that's exactly what autophagy is. You know, you're cleansing your body at a cellular level. It's, it's great for a natural detox. Um, there's a couple of things that um, are worth people looking at. And I, when I've done this, so I've done a 24 hour, a 48 hour, a 72 hour um, wet fast. Um, most of it's in my mind and it's okay. I'm not going to die. <laughs> um, I'm not going to run out of energy, especially if I'm, if I'm carrying some, some, some body weight. Um, but mo most of it was in my head just in terms of, well, I need to eat. And, and, I, and I didn't, so once I got over that, it, it, was, it was straightforward. And I didn't, I didn't just go into a 48 hour wet fast. I built up to it. So I might've started with a 12 hour, then going to a 16, then a 24. So I, I personally built up for it. And the difference between a, a wet and a dry fast, and I've done, I've done a couple of dry fasts just to experience what they're like. Mm -hmm. So uh, a pure dry fast, and I didn't do a, a, a pure dry fast, is where no water touches somebody's lips or bodies. I did a semi-dry fast, which is where I could brush my teeth and have a shower, but not have anything to eat or drink for, for two mm. days. And a wet fast is having as much liquid as, as one would like, but no, no food. Um, there's lots of stuff around WOMAD, um, WOMAD um, one meal a day. Yes. Um, yeah. That's worth looking at as well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, one meal a day, and I tend to try and do that. That's, that's how I do my 24-hour fasts. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're having just a one meal a day. I think one thing, just as a, just a word of caution to the list, listeners, and it's something that you mentioned there, Ben, was really important, and that's to build up slowly. So, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe just start with a... Know, 10 hours, go to 12 hours, go to 14 yeah. hours. Go to, you, you know, if you've been living a heavy carb lifestyle, yeah, you are going to find it tough to fast in the story. And you're going to need to build it up because you're going to start having carb cravings. You might start yeah. to feel a bit weak because what happens is, is that your body isn't fat adapted. Your body is not used to burning fat fuel. So it has to go back and learn how it does that. So it can take people between four and six weeks to get fat adapted. Yep. So my advice is, is go really slowly. Don't push yourself. You can just build up, build up, build up. Because when you do become fat adapted and you have the metabolic flexibility to burn fat or carbs, 
then your energy levels go through the roof and you never you never end up in a situation where you're craving food for energy yeah and that's quite a powerful place to be so then there's there's one more thing around energy that i think is probably worthwhile the listeners viewers thinking about is yes what's going on biologically yeah okay. now i'd say half of my half of my clients have had a vitamin d deficiency mm. because we live in the northern hemisphere we don't get enough sunlight particularly during the winter months um, and therefore the vitamin d levels have been very low and therefore mm. they've had to supplement with vitamin d okay mm. so that is one thing to really look out for and the second thing is is other biomarkers such as vitamin b12 now i've got naturally i've got a genetic disposition where i don't process or recycle vitamin b12 very well okay i would never have known that if i hadn't done my dna test sure and that then gave i then went and had some blood work done which then proved that my vitamin d for my so my vitamin b12 levels were on the lower side Okay. According, according to the doctor, I was normal. I was in the normal range. I was on the okay. low end of the range. So I supplemented with vitamin B12. And I see it's a lot with clients too, where their vitamin B12 levels can often be really low and therefore their energy is through the floor. Yeah. What would we say are our top three to five takeaways from this session? I think for me, Ben, is definitely eat the foods that make you feel great. I think also there is when you're in a flat moment, you know, where your energy has fallen to the floor, consider a supplement such as the unfair advantage from Bulletproof. Yep. And I think for me then there is there is getting yourself outside, getting in the sunlight, and yep. also, you know, go to your doctor have the blood work done and find out what's going on inside you, particularly around your vitamin D and vitamin B12 levels. Yep. Those are those, those be my top three. Um, those are also my top three. I'll add bulletproof coffee was a game changer for me. Yep. Um, getting a good night's sleep and controlling my stress levels. Uh, these are all interlinked, but I would add those as well. Oh, and one final one, which is exercising regularly, mm. weights, running, walking, mm. and that goes with being outside and also calming down the mind. Absolutely. Good. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Ben. Cheers. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed this show. You can find the video, audio, and detailed show notes at www.upgradedexecutive.com. At the end of this 10-episode podcast series, we will send all of our subscribers an exclusive ebook which summarises everything that Nick and I discuss on the shows. Be sure to leave your details on our website. You can also find us on all of the social platforms at Connect With UE.